today's episode, we had Tim Moriarty, the Chief Information Officer from Cross Insurance on the show. Uh, it's a really fun conversation talking about Tim's uh, induction into the industry from uh, the the uh, from outside of the industry in the in the genetics world. So super deep tech. Uh, he talks a lot about cybersecurity, and of course, um, one of the critical topics these days, which is culture, diversity, equity, and inclusion. So if any of those things sound interesting to you, uh, stick around and enjoy the show. Hi, and welcome to another episode of The Enlightened Agent, the podcast that brings you conversations with top insurance professionals and industry leaders. My name is Jason Keck, and I'm joined today by Tim Moriarty, the Chief Information Officer at Cross Insurance. Tim, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Jason. Glad to be here. Yeah, excited to have you. You know, we met a couple couple months ago now at the NetView conference, and I really enjoyed hearing your story about how you you landed in the insurance industry. And I wonder, you know, since since our audience hasn't had the joy of hearing that story, if you might be open to uh, sharing with that sharing that as, as an intro to the to the group. Sure. That, yeah, that would be great. I think. Yeah, I, I wasn't looking for a job or a change, right? Uh, I was working for a scientific company doing a, a bunch of IT work. Um, I had been out to Shanghai a couple of times. COVID had hit. It really slowed It slowed the work down in China. Uh, the country started shutting down. Everyone started kind of holding up in our homes to keep everyone safe. Um, and my neighbor at the time, who's the vice president of HR here, she came to me, the moms hang out a lot, uh, and said, hey, we're growing really fast at Cross Insurance, and, and Jonathan and Royce are really want to talk about IT, right, and about what's going on, and if there's anything they can do better. So I, I came in, and we had a meeting, and Royce and I and Jonathan just chatted. We chatted about their mergers and acquisitions, their M&A program, we chatted about all this different stuff, and Jonathan finally looked at me and said, hey, do you want to do you want to come work in insurance? <laughs> and I, honestly, I, I, I'm going to tell you, I, honestly, I was like, I don't know. Like, I'm in genomic research, like cutting edge, bleeding. I'm working with the guys from Google, the Broad Institute. I've got all these brilliantly smart people around me. We're doing some really cool stuff. I, insurance seems kind of boring, <laughs> right? Yeah. But after we yeah. chatted for a little bit, I was thinking, man, there's like, there's no technology in insurance. And there's funding, like there, this is an industry that's been very comfortable. And I thought, yeah, why not? It's closer to home. I'm not, I'm not going to commute to beautiful Bar Harbor every day, but right. uh, I'm, I'm happy to join and we worked it out and that was it. That's awesome. You know, that story reminds me of the story I hear from a lot of insure tech founders in the community, which is that, you know, hey, insurance wasn't something they sought out, but once you get here and you the the you see the complexity the lack of technology and the opportunity like anybody who's got an engineering mindset just is like wow like let me go after that <laughs> because there's so many problems to solve here goodness me look how like look how much of an impact like you you know you the stuff you've done is probably insane and insanely complicated and the opportunity here to make an impact is just is just insane. So um, it's true. I right? mean, <laughs> it, it does. Yeah, I, that's it. I, I worked I worked utilities right for Amera, which is I think the fifth 
fifth largest in North America now out of Canada. Uh, so I, I spent about a good solid 10 years working in utilities. I worked healthcare for in a, in a larger healthcare organization in New England and uh, even some finance. And I just, I came to this industry and was like, wow, like we can just bring all this stuff from these other outside industries and make it so much better. Right. Yep. Yep. What, what are some, you think of some of the, the deeper technical, you know, super geeky tech stuff you've done outside of the industry. Like what, what are some of the most advanced uh, technologies you've worked on or worked with that, that, you know, we, we don't hear much about that a lot of insurance. We hear about sure. like, simple things. So <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm curious, yeah. like, some cool stuff. Yeah. Um, I think, I think a lot of the genomic stuff just floored me every day working with them, working in high performance compute, right. Introducing hyperconverge into that measuring everything in like petabyte, right. Where I came from, that's what we did. We've got, we had clusters of high performance compute and we were using GPUs and CPUs to recognize data imagery. Uh, we had microscopes, that would you would turn on and we would run a 24-7 study for seven days and these microscopes would generate five gigs of data per minute, right? Like this cutting edge around cancer, uh, around all the different stuff that the, the folks are studying. Um, that so, was really, really cool stuff. So, so compare that to, I don't know, like some of the systems and in insurance the, in terms of the amount of data, right? Like I, I bet our listeners have no idea like how, how much... I don't know, like how many gigs of data are in a in a in a management system or a, like a, a customer record. I don't know how, how you compare that relative. Oh, it's not it's not much. No, I I, I chuckled uh, when I, I started working here across. They're like, come check out our computer room, and they <laughs> opened the door, and I was like, this this is kind of like an IDF, like a com closet where I'm from. <laughs> right. You know, right. and it just it's just so very little, right? Uh, but there's yeah. a lot of it's still paper. Right, there were the the the, fi- the rooms of filing cabinets were larger than uh, than the data centers, right? So that's where we're at. Yeah, yeah. Hey, um, like I said, a lot of a lot of opportunity here. So um, it's true. Well, it's hey, true. now now that you're here and and kind of new to the industry, what are some of the the, the kind of layups that you see out of the gates at Cross that where you know you have an opportunity to either consolidate or bring in tech or just maybe upgrade, upgrade what they're doing there. What, what are some things that you saw right away you could do? Sure. Um, I saw I saw an industry that is really heavily in mergers and acquisitions, right? Uh, yep. M&A. And I saw a company that was buying 10, 12 companies at any given time, but there was no formal process in place. They weren't tracking anything. Data intake wasn't there. So really, I mean, day one uh, was really focused on standing up a whole mergers and acquisitions repeatable process. So when mm-hmm. we went into uh, we went into these new agencies and we welcomed them into the cross family, we had this repeatable process that we went in and we reviewed tech and we reviewed what they're using for agency management systems and HR and finance, and we had a, a real good process that brought them along in a in a less stressful environment, if you will, right? Because mm-hmm. uh, uh, going through an M&A project, it is very stressful, right? You have to remember you're, you're absorbing a culture into a culture. You have to be very mindful of that, right? And there's yep. a certain way you do that. And I've been, I've been in enough mergers and acquisitions. I've seen it done really poorly. <laughs> I've seen right. it done well. So over the last, whatever, 20, 28 or 30 years, uh, I had this, like, this is the vision for this. And um, so it, it, maybe it wasn't necessarily tech, but it was more process. So we went in yep. and we, we, we merged with these companies and we take care of the stuff that they haven't invested in. Uh, all mm. these companies that we are purchasing, they haven't invested in technology at all. 
right? And I mean, you don't put you don't put new tires on a car to sell it, right? So we walk in and and I just talk to people. We talk to people. And we're like, what are the things that are bothering you, right? And they're like, well, my computer reboots twice a day on its own, right? <laughs> and so we just we get into this very basic, like, you know what? We're here to make things better. Let's make your internet faster. Let's make your computers work. Don't let's not worry about the agency management system and all that stuff that causes you a lot of stress right now. Let's just yeah. fix the basic stuff. So that's what we introduced, yeah. right? We have a program and we go in and we just bring all the new stuff in. You know, when uh, four or five years ago, when the consolidation started to happen, there was this, it felt like there was this perspective where, you know, hey, we're going to acquire agencies, but we're not going to touch them. Like we don't want people to feel like they're being consolidated or assimilated yeah. too quickly. Um, but it feels like that's changing now. So either the companies that started with that strategy are now saying, okay, we kind of have to get everybody on the same infrastructure systems. So that's definitely happening, but also companies like you, you're actually saying that from the get-go, like, all right, like if we're bringing you in, it's not that we're going to change everything, but we're going to take care of you. Right. And I like the way you, you approach that from a, from a people perspective, right. That's sort of, um, the right way to think about it versus like a classic, just systems perspective and Hey, let's just get all the data talking to each other. Right. It's, uh, these, these companies are all about people and you want to make sure that they are happy and can continue to do what they're doing and grow because you know you didn't you, you bought them because they're good businesses and you want to support them in growth so um, it's true and the people make the businesses you said it right that's right culture company culture that's awesome so 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 it's, it's kind of like a maslow's hierarchy right get the basic get your internet get your, internet, get your <laughs> yeah. uh, computers working get your phones working uh yep. what's 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 the next layer in the hierarchy is there, is there another set of tools that that you guys are are putting in place that that you think is going to help the the company? Yeah, yeah, we've we've actually done some some great modernization over the last year. Uh, we just went live with Salesforce, right? So we have these sales tools in place. We just put a core HCM in uh, Workday, uh, and okay. so now we have this HR system that folks are like, wow, we can start managing uh, our people better, right? Our resources, right. the number one resource, right? And we have did a system you, to did, do that, which they- Did you have systems before for either of those? Or was it all just- No, no, no. We had a homegrown system for our for our, our sales system. Like we, it was just a, a system that we had a developer create for us. It's very basic stuff um, right. or under, uh, around that. And then spreadsheets, everything was managed in spreadsheets for HR, like just spreadsheets upon spreadsheets. Yeah. Yeah. It was great. <laughs> yeah. Wow. For, our, how, for how many people, how many people are we talking? We're, we're rolling about 1100 people right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. Good, good, good. Sounds like some low hanging fruit. There. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> it, was, it was, it was great. Yeah. Um, so people are very happy, awesome. very excited now. Awesome. Good for you. Uh, so b- basic, so you've got, uh, internet, you know, t- basic telecoms, you've got some modernization, um, and then, uh, uh, no, no doubt some more, I think you said you had four or five people in the B, uh, BI side of things. Uh, you guys are oh, yes. starting to dig into data a little bit. What's, what, what are your, what are your thoughts there? Yeah, I think, um, and that really, it ties back to kind of the digital customer experience at the end of the day and creating this digital agency, right? There's a tremendous amount of information uh, that we have that we can use to automate and offer our customers a better experience, right? Like we want to know 
that Jane is buying personal, she lives in Boston, that she buys personal insurance from us and she's very sad. She loves Cross. She like, I mean, as much as you can love an insurance company, right? It's true. We take it because we're, we're always in crisis, right? Like when you call an insurance company, you're something's wrong and we need to yeah. fix it. Right. Yeah. And uh, it's like running a help desk. No one ever calls the help desk to say hello. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, it, so we, we're, we're, we're utilizing data analytics and business intelligence to start really kind of looking at that information. And Jane, who buys personal insurance, is also the CEO of this company. Right. But we're not selling her employee benefits or, and we're not selling her commercial insurance. Right. But she's very yeah. satisfied. So why not? Why not create that relationship? Right. And yep, so using definitely. Salesforce and, and data analytics and our business intelligence, we're going to take a lot of that stuff and just present that to our producers and say, hey, look, call Jane. Like she's yep. super happy with us. She's been a customer for five years, but she's also the CEO of Tech A Startup, right? So let's, yep. let's do that. Um, yeah, risk, one of the things, risk matching. I was going to say, it's one of the Salesforce's. You know, you're you're on a platform now where you can actually access your own data, which is exciting. <laughs> I realize that's it is. It is. Uh, I'm very excited. We're very excited. There's so many ideas right now. It's just how to really pick and consolidate and find the ones that are going to be the, the the biggest bang for the buck, right? With the the low hanging fruit, as you and I were talking about before. Uh, we want to we want to get that low in right low in high impact uh, low low amount of. Uh, effort low effort yep yeah i get it makes, makes a ton of sense um with all the modernization and and uh yeah, technology adoption you're putting in um how do you think about the hot topic of the industry which is cybersecurity? right all of a sudden you're putting everything in systems it's true it. it's true yeah i i said day one right setting up this mergers and acquisitions program day one also entailed taking a look at cyber Right, it is it is a hot topic right now. We we have an industry that is not historically focused on on cybersecurity. Uh, everything's been paper. It's an industry that's been very quiet. But over the last year, you're seeing us pop up in the news all over the place. Right, agencies getting infected with malware. Agencies uh, getting infected with ransomware, which is the worst. Right, because they may have a copy of your data and they've encrypted it. You have to buy out Bitcoin that type of thing. So we really, we took a, a strong effort. The first person I hired here was a person to run my cybersecurity team, right? And I went outside the industry. I had, a, I always, I, I've been in the industry a while. I have friends of friends, right? Uh, and he, he'd worked for healthcare uh, and knew, knew HIPAA inside and out and new mm -hmm. protection and just had been. So I'm like, you know what, you this is it. Like what more information do we want to protect them than our health information? Right. Yep. So I brought him in and he's like, I've got a couple of folks that loved working with me. Let's bring them in. We built out a cybersecurity team and we did a three year, we had a three year cybersecurity plan in place. Right. And we started introducing SIMS and all this new technology around partnering up with companies like Rapid7 um, and single sign on Okta and started bringing in this modern technology to really ramp up and being mindful of not affecting the day to day user, but making the user experience better. Uh, yep. keeping that stuff so heavily heavily invested year one in yeah i'm now almost in end of year two now in in cyber security so good for you that's a, um the, the, the there's a lot you can do and then unfortunately there's no end to it, the amount of work you can do to keep things secure. It's true. It's just, so yeah, you can't uh, you can't you can't bite off too much the the single sign-on thing makes so much sense i mean that 
the especially at a company your size like provisioning and, and access and the ability to control that is uh is super important we just we just finished our SOC 2 audit and um, yeah. finished getting everything in place around that and it, it i think it really you know i spent 10 years in b2b 10 years in b2c and then came back to b2b and i i you know the b2c industry is, is a lot different you don't have as many controls in place in that world yeah. and and i you know, it struck me when I got here, like, hey, we're protecting some pretty sensitive information here. This stuff needs to be locked down. And, you know, we, we a couple of years ago, we actually implemented single sign-on on our platform to integrate with Okta and other, uh, other SAML platforms. So I know that's, that's important. And, um, but that's just one of the, one of the many things you, you have to do to, to keep things safe. Um, I think back to some of the, the recent, um, uh, uh, what is it like the the solar winds issue and and some of the, yeah. the other uh, log for J yeah people sn- finding a way to inject code into people's bill I mean like wow I can't imagine how a how they did it but also you know the the consequences of that are just are just massive right the idea that somebody's been snooping around your systems is just I don't know it just feels it feels uncomfortable to say the least. Yeah. So. It's not cool. I can tell you that. Like, <laughs> like it's not, yeah. it's not us being good people, like good citizens. <laughs> you right. know? So right. yeah. let's keep, let's keep the, let's keep the baddies out as, as, yeah. as we like to do. So, you know, Tim, we're, we're, this is a, uh, a unique episode because we're right now we're in the middle of a uh, recording, a, a series of, of, sh- of episodes focused on diversity equity and inclusion. And so I, I, I didn't want this episode to get too far before I brought that up with you being sure. a fellow white male leader in an industry <laughs> that is um, unfortunately flush with white male leaders. You know, how do you think about, uh, at least for your team or for the company, how do you think about culture? How do you think about diversity inclusion? What are some things you guys are doing there to, to promote it? Yeah, um, we we do have an inclusion program that was started up uh, that is running right now in, internally. I I just came from a scientific research community, which is one of the most diverse communities out there, right? Because right. everyone's together, right? We've got all these brilliant minds from all over the world trying to solve health problems, right? And so I, I bring that with me here, and it's it's one of those things that you just have to find the brightest, best people. And there's this workforce out there that has not necessarily had the opportunities that some of us have had, uh, and right. it's it's time to focus and really and really find those those diamonds out there, if you will, right? And so that's uh, that's what we focus on. I never thought of myself as somebody who you know wasn't conscious of diversity and inclusion, but I I think over the last year, obviously the the elevated awareness around social justice and the urgency around it has made me kind of reflect quite a lot on, you know, am I doing enough, right? I don't, it's not a conscious thought of mine to be, to try to promote diversity because it feels natural, but I think there's some really good practices. Uh, one of which is frankly, just talking about it uh, with your team and, and externally, which is why I've made that a focus of the show. Um, but the, I think there's, there's just a general need to elevate the conversation, raise awareness about it. Um, even if it's not something, you know, like you said, you've, you've, you've worked with a lot of diverse people in the scientific community. So it probably feels like something you, you shouldn't need to focus on, but, um, I would say certainly in this industry where there's just a a legacy of, of not having as much focus on it, or at least not as much, uh, of a diverse, diverse community that, 
that you know we are responsible for i think elevating the conversation and bringing it out so anything about the program that you can share that cross is doing in terms of uh driving diversity or promoting inclusion or equities or is there anything that's you're able to share with yeah the i think <laughs> step one is just talking about it right being open about it and realizing yeah. that there's an issue that we need to address uh, and that's what we're doing. That's what we're focused on, right? Like we, it, even as something as simple as you, you wouldn't think moms, right? You've got this brilliant group of people that that stop, that sometimes put their careers on hold to create better humans. And then right. when they come back into the industry, sometimes they get penalized. They're like, well, what did you do for the last five years? And they're like, I grew a baby, right? <laughs> like that's my kids. I've added to the human race, right? right. And I think- uh, just moms and all the different stuff. And so we, we start recognizing that's the first step, right? Is recognizing there's an issue, right? And then we start addressing and chipping away at that issue. So that's, that's really what we're, we're really focused on is we've recognized what issues we have in our industry and we're starting to bring folks in that have an enlightened viewpoint and can help us further being better humans. Good. Good. Um, is that a, I'm curious how that happens. Is that kind of at a at a leadership level? Do you guys have like culture or diversity teams? Or like how is that actually? We do. We have we do have we have a diversity team now that if you have a V or a C in your title, you're on that team, right? It has to start from the top down, right? It has to be very supportive. Jonathan is a very inclusive person. He's our COO. Uh, Jonathan Cross, as a matter of fact, and he he's really pushing and driving this. Like, this is where we need to be today, yeah. right? And so yeah. having that, and, and then our senior leaders just really focused, hyper-focused on all of it. Good. Yeah. Well, look, I hope I hope you'll um, you'll listen to some of the episodes as they come out around uh, with some of the other uh, leaders that we have just to hear what, what other companies are doing. And, you know, my goal yeah. is really just to, to elevate the conversation, make sure it's top of mind so that whether it's part of, you know, whether it's in recruiting or whether it's setting up processes or whether it's compensation or any of the, the areas where, you know, some of these things really matter that or at least thinking about it, right. The change, change I don't think is going to happen overnight, but the, I think the more, the more we're all talking about it and thinking about it, the more likely and, and the faster things will change. So uh, I'm glad to hear you guys are, are leaning in on that. You know, Tim, the, the, uh, the name of the show, as you know, is the enlightened agent, and uh, enlightenment is defined as the state of having knowledge or understanding. And so, I wonder, uh, in an effort to enlighten our audience, if, if you could share some of the things you've learned uh, about the opportunities in the insurance industry as it relates to technology. Right, you've come in from the outside. Where, where are some things you think, um, not necessarily cross-specific, but industry-wide, where you think uh, we could do better? Yeah, I think. Um, customer experience, digital customer experience comes to mind immediately. Um, the fact that uh, most agencies or other uh, companies cannot take an electronic payment today. This is something that has become ingrained, right? I, I pull up my phone a lot faster than I pull up my wallet now, right? Like yep. I'm like digital, like I want to pay. And I, I obviously am a little different than, than some people, right? Sure. <laughs> but when when my mom, right, when my nearly 70-year-old mom is like, I, I pay all my bills online now, right, but I have to go and write a check for my insurance. Like, that is something that was just glaring to me that we've solved this problem already out there and why doesn't this industry have that? So we're, we're really hyper-focused on that. And that gets everyone's attention where once you have that relationship with the person and make it easy, then we can expand that relationship. So that was one of the big things 
was just electronic payments. And I know that sounds very basic, but I think it's a big deal. <laughs> and then there's, um, there, there's a reason why there's some well-funded startups in that space for sure. Cause there's a lot of opportunity. Yeah. Yep. Obviously we're, we're big believers in the digital customer experience for insurance, yep. given what we do. Yeah. I think that the rise of companies like Embroker and Cover Wallet, you know, seven or eight years ago really helped insurance agents, you know, realize that there's uh, opportunity for uh, them to use technology to improve that experience and, and, and frankly, to improve the agent's experience as well, you know, safety agent time. Yep. I think, I think, I think we can all agree as consumers that, you know, we, we expect sort of an omni-channel experience. We want to be able to log in through our phone or the web and access our uh, policy information or make payments and, you know, the, the, the need to fill out either write checks or fill out paper applications is um, kind of ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, so much so. paper, so much paper. I agree. And I, like I said, I'm an outside industry and I'm looking at all these forms that people have to fill and I'm just like, man, this is, I think we've, we've done a good, decent job solving personal insurance, right? Like you can yep. buy car insurance online now, right? But yep. anything beyond that, we just haven't done a great job and that's what we need to focus. The small commercial, like I'm a painter and I need to pick up a policy because I'm going to do this job. I've got to call someone. I've got to fill out multiple pieces of paper. I've got to physically go someplace. Like we should be able to do that stuff online at this point, right? Yep. If the financial industry can do banking online, <laughs> right? Yeah. And you can yep. pay your, another quiet industry, the utility, right? Like electrical. If you can pay your bill and view your bill and your consumption and they have smart meters, <laughs> insurance should be able to go out there and do something, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yes, indeed, indeed. Um, man, man, after my own heart, uh, I really, I'm glad. I'm glad you feel that way. I'm glad you're in the position you are with with the agency you're with because you guys have, you have an, you have a lot of opportunity to um, to to be the change that the industry needs. So, uh, I, I encourage you and implore you to to continue on that path. And I'm <laughs> I'm ex- excited to have a fellow technologist uh, join the industry and recognize. Uh, the opportunity in in the same way that I have. So um, I, I uh, really appreciate you coming on the show. This has been, you know, an enlightening conversation. And uh, I think maybe just before we wrap up, if, if there's anything uh, you'd like to share with the audience about you or Cross or anything else, um, you know, feel free. Otherwise we can wrap it up and, and say to our, to our listeners. So yeah, I think uh, just keep an eye out. You know, the industry is going to change and it's going to change really rapidly now that there are those of us that want want to make a change, right? That aren't comfortable uh, and that want to do a better job. So that's that's really it. I appreciate it, Jason. This has been it's been fun. I appreciate it as well. Thanks for thanks for coming on the show, Tim. I look forward to seeing you uh, hopefully in person soon, maybe at another conference uh, or next time you're in New York, look me up and sure. love to grab a drink or grab dinner. So Sounds great. Hi, Tim. Tim Moriarty, Chief Information Officer from Cross Insurance. Uh, Look forward to seeing you soon. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you.